Is it warm for you? Too warm? Is it too warm? A little bit. Maybe a little bit cooler? Yeah. Don't get sleepy in about half an hour. Okay. Mm. So we were going through four great qualities of the teachings on the steps to the path. The first one was... Uh, you'll see that there's no inconsistency among all the teachings. Uh, secondly, all the teachings will strike you as personal advice, right? Thirdly, you will understand what the Buddhists were thinking. Okay? And then fourthly, you will avoid the great mistake automatically. Okay? So we're on the great mistake. Mm. Um, if you understand the first three forms of greatness, you will automatically won't fall into the fourth, right? Uh, problem. Because you'll see that all the teachings are consistent. Uh, you'll, they will seem like great personal advice to you. And then, uh, what's the third one? I'm like that presidential candidate. <laughs> huh? Yeah, and then you'll, you'll remember all the... You'll understand the Buddhist true intent, right? 
so if you do all those, you're automatically not going to fall into the fourth problem. Uh, so the fourth, but the fourth problem, if you do, if you don't understand the first three, then you might start to think that there were higher and lower teachings among what the Buddha said. Okay, you will begin to think there were higher and lower teachings among what the Buddha said. All right. And and then you will start to distinguish between theoretical teachings and teachings that you can put into practice, a false division, right? You will say, oh, that's philosophy. Oh, and this is something I can use for my personal practice, okay? You will start to make that division. Oh, that's just philosophy. This is, this is something I can use for my retreats. This is different, okay? You'll, you'll make that false distinction. Mm-hmm. So, you will start to make many divisions among the teachings which don't exist there, and then you will, uh, you will have degrees of respect, varying degrees of respect for the teachings. You will respect some teachings and not respect other teachings. If you find yourself thinking that one teaching is better or higher or cooler than another, you have already fallen into the great mistake. They are all equally cool. Okay? And if you don't think so, you didn't get, you didn't get, you're making a big mistake. Okay? Uh, Saponche is a very rare word that means uh, uh, humongous or terribly serious, extraordinarily serious mistake. Like, Saponche is a very rare word. It means in, unbelievably serious, okay? Mistake. Chipongile, uh, the karma of, of rejecting the teachings, okay? So apparently, to think that one teaching is cooler than another is already to reject the teachings, okay? Chung. And, it, and for as long as you hold that opinion, you keep collecting that karma. It's not like the first time you think that, you collect karma. Until you stop thinking that, you are, you are continually collecting that karma. Okay? Mm. The karmic obstacle created by uh, picking and choosing among the teachings is extremely serious, he says. Heavy. Chi means heavy karma. Okay? Number takpa tamje dupe dole. So there was a, a sutra called uh, collecting together all that was crushed into pieces or something like that. Okay? And that sutra said, Jampel, Dampe Chumpongwe Leki Jipani Chawao Chawo. The Buddha is addressing uh, Manjushri. And he says, Oh Manjushri, the obstacle to your spiritual progress created when you pick and choose among the Dharma is extremely subtle. Chao, Jampel, Kangdeshin Shekbe, Sumbe Kala, Lalani, Sang, Sangwar Dushe, Lalani, Nyambar Dushe, Mi Chupongwa Aung. Then he says, Manjushri, what does it mean to give up the Dharma? He says, to think that some of them are better, that some of the teachings are more interesting or better and some of the teachings are not so interesting and worse, this is what it is to, dis- to, to abandon the Dharma. Okay? Right. 
A person who picks and chooses among the Dharma and considers certain teachings to be of less importance or of less interest is not just rejecting the teaching, they're rejecting the source of the teaching, which is the Buddha. Okay? So essentially they are rejecting the Buddha. And then they are uh, this, this, they are, what do you call it? Uh, sounds like praising, but it's the opposite. They are huh? disparaging the community okay, of, of, of enlightened beings and of realized beings. Okay? Dini rikpao, dini mirikpao she sernachobongo. To say that this strikes me as something uh, interesting or logical and this doesn't seem so so interesting or good to me, this is what it is, says Buddha in a sutra to, uh, to reject the Dharma. Dini chanju semba namki chedu sumbao, dini nyantu namki chedu sumbao she serna chepawayeno. This is still the Buddha speaking. To say that, oh, those teachings were, were given only for bodhisattvas, and those other teachings were given only for listeners, right? People who are not on the bodhisattva track, is, is to reject the Dharma. Okay? It's a very serious vow in your uh, bodhisattva vows, right? Dini rangsange namkichedo sumbao she serna chupawayeno. That would be to, or to say this is for uh, self made Buddhas, right? For the three tracks. Only, okay? Only. Right? What does it mean? Uh, the three tracks in Tibetan, right? Uh, people of medium, people of lesser capacity, people of medium capacity, and people as, of highest capacity, bodhisattva, right? The three teachings are technically not called uh, lower teaching or medium teaching or higher teaching. The first two are referred to as those which we practice together with the lower track. And the second one is called that which we practice together with those of the medium path. Meaning, they're not practiced only by those of the first two tracks. They are practiced by all, all three, the, the highest track also. Bodhisattvas practice the first two tracks as a foundation. So we, they, don't, they don't reject or deny the truth of the first two tracks. They build upon them, okay? And it's important for us to realize that any teaching in, in the scriptures that we feel is too simple for us, or something like that, that we are meant to build on it and not reject it, okay? Okay. And then Lord Buddha said, anybody who says any teaching wasn't meant for the bodhisattvas, is, is rejecting my teaching. Okay? Anybody who says that any teaching wasn't meant for the bodhisattvas, is rejecting my teaching. You know, Shesung, end of quotation. Chupangna de nyepa shindu chiwani tingenzengi How serious is it if we reject the teachings in this way by picking and choosing, right? Uh, and then he quotes Tingenzigi Gyalpo, Samadhi Raja Sutra, the king of concentration sutra. Kangi Zambo Ling Dirni, 
So he says, uh, if you were to go around the world, you know, and actively destroy every place of worship, every church, every synagogue, every Buddhist temple, if you were to have the power to send somebody around the world for you, or you went yourself and destroyed every place of worship on this entire planet, right? Uh, the karma of rejecting any of the teachings would be much more serious. Any one of the teachings would be more serious. Okay. Then as I said, uh, when was it? Tuesday night. That was a nice day off. I don't know about you, I had a good time. Anyway, uh, of course the Buddha is talking about uh, criticizing and not about being critical. Okay, the Buddha demanded that we should question his teachings. Okay, the Buddha demanded that we should think critically and that we should, you know, listen to a teaching. Uh, maybe try it, check it out a little bit, and if we find that we don't understand it or we cannot accept it, then we are required to set it aside for the time being. Okay, in Buddhism, you are required not to accept something which doesn't make sense to you yet. So critical thinking is required. Of course, I mean, if you're debating for three or four or five hours a day in the monastery, there must be questions and there must be issues that arise. And if something comes up that you're not comfortable with, then the Buddha required that you not accept it and that you set it aside. But he also required that you not actively criticize it or, or disparage it, that you should respect it. You should say, respectfully, I can't accept this teaching right now. There must be some point to it, or there must be some truth to it that I don't know about, maybe. But for now, I'm just going to put it aside. Okay? We, we are encouraged to do that. But not to, not to actively say, that's a stupid teaching. I don't need that teaching. Okay? That's a big difference. All right? Chom Kangi Gange Chinyeki, Drachom Sepa Kirpa Wei, Kangi Dode Pongje Pe, Dikpateni Cheke Pak. So, you know, an arhat is someone who has achieved nirvana, right? After billions of lifetimes of work, they have achieved nirvana. They no longer have the capacity to get angry or jealous or to desire other people's girlfriends or stuff, wrong kinds of desire. They don't have, they're incapable of a negative emotion after billions of lifetimes of work, okay? Uh, enemy destroyer, arhat in Sanskrit, okay? If you took an arhat and killed them, and then he pauses and he says, not one arhat, but if you took the grains of sand in the, in the whole Ganges River, and some scriptures say the drops of water in the whole Ganges River. If you've ever gone to the Ganges River, like I crossed the Ganges on a bridge uh, in, in West Bengal, and it takes like, on a, on a bridge, it takes like half an hour to cross the Ganges. It's big. It's really big. If you take all the water drops in the Ganges River, and you kill that many arhats, 
if you killed that many people who had already reached nirvana, it wouldn't be the same amount of bad karma that you collect when you criticize a teaching and say it's stupid or it's worthless or I don't need that or something like that. Or, or that one's not so interesting, Geshe Michael. Could you teach something more interesting? Okay? Then, then you collect that karma. Okay. Uh, okay. Punk. He says, this is Pak, by the way. You guys know Pakpa, right? Means Arya or someone who has seen emptiness directly. Okay? It doesn't mean uh, Nazi supremacist. Okay? Uh, but in this scripture, it means even more serious. If you want to collect a superior bad deed, Pak, then uh, bad mouth of Dharma, or pick and choose. Okay? Mm, say soon. Chewa dumbo sum nangepanyena gyawe kale dor gyu nachi kyang mepar. Once you understand the first three qualities of the lam rim clearly, uh, you, you wouldn't think to reject a single thing in the teachings, okay? You wouldn't even occur to you to reject anything. Nyamsun lama gupa tsumbar kewe. And you would have an equal regard or respect for all the teachings. Kepe, Sangendu Yewe Chupongi Go Chesha Dirangaksu Doyen. So therefore, we say if you understand the first three qualities of the Lamim, you automatically avoid the fourth. Okay? Automatically. Which is the most serious of all the mistakes you can make. Shenyang Shenyan Tensul. Sushin Samna Gewe Shenyan Na Tembe Dip Nam Tang Nangi Pongshin. Okay? Shenyang, moreover, Shenyan Tensu Sushin Samne Samna Gewe Shenyan Na Tembe. There are also another whole category of extremely serious karmas. Okay? And this is actually more serious than rejecting the Dharma. Okay? If you. He's, he's going off on a little tangent. I said, if you, you want to collect some really bad karma, uh, pick and choose among the dark. Say, this is interesting, this is not. Or, or this is sexy and that's not sexy. Or something like that. Okay? But then he pauses and he says, hey, but if you wanted to collect an even more serious bad karma, there's something you could do. Uh, disrespect your teacher. Okay? That's more serious. Okay. Disrespect your immediate teacher. That's more serious. Okay. Sushin samna That will create an obstacle to your progress, which is more serious than than the other one. Okay. He's like having a bad karma contest. Okay. Bad karma that you collect from disrespecting your teacher is more serious. Okay. Especially your heart teacher. Uh, if someone explains to you how lucky you are to be in the position you are and in the country you're in and to have the freedom of religion that you have, right? The freedom to practice what you, what you want. You take it for granted. Like nobody here is watching the door to see if the Phoenix police come in and shoot anybody for talking about the Lam Rim, right? 
but that hasn't been the case in most countries throughout the history of mankind. Okay, you could get shot for learning something that wasn't the mainstream beliefs, right? So you are in a very unusual, almost a unique situation in history to be able to practice as you please, and to have the money and the food and the house to, and the teachings to have someone you know come out of Tibet, you know, and walk over the Himalayas, which Rinpoche did, to bring you these teachings at the risk of his life, you know, then you're lucky. You're very lucky. And mitakpa, it won't last forever. Okay? That kind of freedom doesn't last. Uh, that kind of comfort doesn't last. Uh, oil supplies don't last. I was telling everybody 20 years. A banker told me yesterday it's seven years. If you factor in the, the precious metals and the other necessary materials for our current level of comfort and technology, those metals will, if you factor those in with oil, then you've got seven years left. Okay? So it's mitakpa. It ain't going to last forever. Okay? The materials to, required to make an iPhone will, will be finished in the world in seven or eight years. Okay. So then, um, if you understood those facts, you, you would automatically, he's trying to get us sensitized to the idea automatically, then you would automatically uh, be cured of, of being too attached to your current way of life. Okay? Because it's not going to last. Same gege, mikor kyangna, and if, for example, you study uh, bodhicitta, right? Uh, the desire or the vision to save the world, right? Then you won't get the disease of rangchen. Rangchenzin. Rangchenzin means the habit of only thinking about what you want, or the habit of only thinking about what's of interest to you. Okay? Then if you start to think on a greater level, then your plans and your, uh, your wishes and, and your thoughts during the day, they, they, won't, be, uh, they, won't, de they won't degenerate into just thinking about what you want or what's interesting to you. Dakmeki mekorla changna dangzinki par dakzinki par mekor rereshin gula kene and if you study the pen, right? If you come to understand emptiness, then you won't misunderstand your world, right? It automatically, uh, your tendency of misunderstanding your world will drop away, okay? Autom He's giving different examples for automatic, the word automatic, okay? If you understand that your husband, when he criticizes you, is popping out of a tiny seed that was put in your own mind when you criticized someone at work last week, then it's not possible to, to be angry at your husband. Okay? You would rather correct yourself. Okay? So, in general, the great mistake of rejecting the Dharma will 
fall for, away from you automatically, okay? If you understand the first three greatnesses of the Dharma. But as you go through each step of these, this teaching, the steps of, on the path to enlightenment, then as you learn each step, then the corresponding tendency to think wrong will fall away, okay? If someone sensitizes you to the fact that your current political circumstances cannot last, and your material circumstances are very, very fragile, much more fragile than you imagine, then, then you're not going to be too attached to the way you're living right now. You'll be ready to change when, when the poop hits the fan, okay? You'll be ready. Your mind won't, you won't go crazy or get all sad or, you know. You will work steadily in the time you have now because it's not going to last, okay? If someone explains it to you clearly, then, then you don't get so freaked out when, when they tell you there's no more oil. So now he's described the four greatnesses of the teachings on the path. Uh, the first greatness is that you would see that there are no contradictions in all the thousands of teachings given by the Buddha, all right? Secondly, they would appear to you as personal advice. Thirdly, you would grasp their deepest meaning. And fourthly, you would protect yourself automatically from ever rejecting any of them. Okay? Then he's going to give an example to illustrate those four. Okay? Uh, a metaphor. He's going to give a metaphor. Pena flatripashiki tanka chivala tela gongeke re. So there's a beautiful word in Tibetan. It's called Hla uh, Chipa. Say Hla Chipa. And in colloquial, it's called Hlaripa. Hla uh, means what? Hla means like a, a deity, like a beautiful goddess or god angel, okay? The beautiful form of an angel. Chipa means a drawer. Okay, Hlartipa is a painter of tankas. Okay, but they don't call them painter; they call them god drawers. I like it. I like the word god drawers of God. Okay, I like it. Hlartipa, uh, Hlartipa. So a Hlartipa who wants to paint a painting of their favorite angel, uh, first they're going to have to get together all the materials they need for the painting. You don't start a painting till you get a reshi, the canvas. Sun, you get together your paints. Beer means a paintbrush, etc. Chatsa You gotta go out and get all the things you need to do the painting. Okay? Then if someone came to you and said, uh, don't get a paintbrush for your painting, uh, it, it, would, it would be contradictory to your purpose of painting. Okay? If someone came to you and said, uh, the paint's okay and the canvas is okay, but don't get a paintbrush, it'll ruin your painting. Okay? Got it? What's that a, a metaphor for? 
the first of the four greatnesses. If you think any uh, teaching of the Buddha contradicts any other teaching of the Buddha, you are as much a fool as a person who says, don't get a paintbrush when you want to paint something. It'll get in your way. Okay? Or don't buy paints. It'll ruin the painting. Okay? They, they, are, they are wrong for a person who wants to paint. Got it? They would be silly as saying that. All right? Shepard, Gel me tok pepe. Of course, there's no contradiction at all. A paintbrush is not only not contradictory to the goal of making a painting, it's a necessity. And, and it's a tungkyan. What's a tungkyan? It's, it's something that you need when you're undertaking a painting. Okay? So we had an example now of the first of the four greatnesses. If someone tells you a paintbrush is going to be a problem when you're painting, you should set them straight. If somebody tells you some part of the Buddhist teaching contradicts some other part of the Buddhist teaching, you should say, au contraire. You know, uh, quite the opposite. You need, you need each each piece fits into the other pieces. Okay. Deta shene. Then, when you use all those uh, instruments, and you know how to use the canvas, and you know how to use the paintbrush, and you know how to use the paints to make the paintings, you could call that a metaphor for. Huh? All the instructions, kadampa, okay, for number two, okay? That's like kadampa. Oh, I know how to use that. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about that. Kadampa means every single word you hear during the whole evening tonight, it strikes you that you could take that home and use it on your husband, or your boss, or your kid. Okay? Like, yeah, yeah, I could use that. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to use that tomorrow. Got it? You know how to use the, each point in the scripture the way a painter knows how to use each paint and the canvas and the brush. Okay, got it? We still got the example going in your head? Okay. There must be coming a, an example of the third one, I hope. De la tene tanka lek pardupa de galwe gomba de then if you use those paints, and the brush, and the canvas, and your knowledge of how they all fit together perfectly, to actually execute a beautiful tanka, then it's as if you had grasped the deepest thoughts of the Buddha. Got it? You, you painted the beautiful painting, which is number three, right? You grasped the... What's number four? You know? Uh, he doesn't he doesn't tie in the fourth to the example. How would we do it? I don't know. The fourth one is and you wouldn't give up any of the you'd have to like burn the painting or something. Okay. He doesn't even mention it. Then 
Jeja Dunkichewashi, Kazaradni na Demba Kelchesum. Then uh Pabonkarimbache made a distinction between the four greatnesses as a quality of the book <coughs> as a quality of the books and the four greatnesses as a as a concept within your own mind. Okay? He distinguished between uh the words used to describe the four greatnesses, which are called Juje. And then he said, Really, these are just words describing four states of mind. And that's what you really want. You don't want the words that describe the four greatnesses. You want them to be ideas within your own mind. You want to find them. You want to develop them within your own mind and not on paper. Okay. Right? Got it? Okay. So, there's a tradition that we cover not only the four greatnesses of the Lamrim teaching, but three, it's called the three special features of the teaching, okay? So we have four great qualities, and then we have three special features of the teachings. Okay? So now we're going to do this three special features. All right? Kechasumayam den. Kechasumni donaki sungrab tamjeki joja dune tembe joja matsawa mepa. You can, the first feature of the Lam Rim is that it includes every topic found in the entire Buddhist scriptures. Okay? Hundreds of thousands of scriptures. Each topic can be found in the Lamrim. Okay? Matsama Mepa means, and not a single one left out. Semdue Rimbator Chene Tembe Tembe Laktulang Dewa Laktu Lang Dewa means easily put into practice. Feature number two. Easily put into practice. Why? All of the steps of the Lam Rim are aimed at only one subject, at one being, which is your mind. Okay? Like, it's not like you have to go to Chicago to practice the Lam Rim. Okay? Every subject of the Lam Rim is applied only as far as the quarter inch from, you know, the front of your head to the back. Okay? It's, it's easy to practice. All you do is hear it and close your eyes and start working on your own mind. Okay? It's not like you have to do anything else. You hear it, close your eyes, start working on your own mind. It's easy. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere to practice the Lamrim. Okay? You can do it in your own head. Right. You don't have to go to a cave or something like that. You can sit on your couch and turn off the television and and start working on the long rim as soon as you hear it. Okay. Dewa. Shingda chambo niki lugla kepe lama niki dambe gembe lukshenle kepe to papa. The third uh, feature of the long rim teachings is that it includes. Uh, the thought 
of two very high beings as those two thoughts have come down to us to, through two famous lamas. Okay, I'll say it again. The third feature of the Lamrim is that it covers the deepest thoughts of two very high beings as those thoughts have been passed down to us through two very high lamas. Okay? Who he's talking about, we'll find out later. Okay? Mm. Now he's going to cover the three in a little bit more detail. Not much detail. Okay? De de Bamboni, here's the first one. Sungrab Gongdel Dan Chepe Tsiktu Minukyang Dungi Ne Tadak Matsama Mepa Dir Dune Tembayan. This is interesting. He says an attempt to abbreviate the wording of the sutras and somehow include all the words there would be doomed to failure. Okay? You can't you could never write a book that included all the descriptions in the sutras and tantras. It's not possible. It would be as long as the sutras and tantras. It would be 4,500 and something works. It'd be 8 million pages long. Okay? If you tried to get all the wording of the sutras and tantras into a single book, it would be just one very fat book. Okay? But the ideas can be abbreviated into a single small book. It's possible to take all the ideas of all the Buddhist teachings and abbreviate them into 14 verses, right? It's possible. So when we say in the first feature that you can abbreviate the Buddhist teachings into the Lam Rim, they're not talking about the phraseology, which would be impossible. They're talking about the ideas. The ideas can be boiled down to three main ideas. Okay. You can abbreviate all the thinking or ideas of all the enlightened beings into the three tracks for people of three capacities, right? Lesser, medium, and greater capacity. The Lamrim. De dir Lamrim nyungu shiki nangdu dune tembe. And you can abbreviate all those into 14 verses, into three pages. Okay? All the 8 million pages of Buddhist learning, traditional, ancient learning, can be summarized in three pages without anything missing. Okay? Mm. As far as subject matter, this is a very famous uh, quotation. It's a, it's part of a letter that Jetson Kapa wrote to his teacher. Okay, he had a teacher named Lama Umapa, which means Lama Middle Way, Mister Mister Middle Way. Okay, Umapa. He was a sheep herder. Okay, and uh, he was not a geshe or anything like that. He was a sheep herder. Well, I find it very beautiful. I it means a lot to me, you know. And um, <clears throat> Lama Umapa, uh, while he was out, you know, you have to get your sheep to a certain meadow, and then you have to sit under a tree for four hours and do nothing. That's why I guess David played a flute or whatever. You know, they don't have anything to do, so. Lama Umapa, as a young man, would pray to Manjushri for wisdom. 
And then he, he reached Manjushri, right? Sadhana, Duptap. He reached Manjushri. He reached a personal communication with Manjushri. He could, he could see and talk to Manjushri directly. Okay? And then he became Jetson Kappa's uh, mentor in getting tantric deities to appear to you. Okay? And he did. He trained him how to get a tantric deity to come and appear. All right? he said he, that was his job, teaching Jetson Kappa. Okay. So here's a, a letter. Here's a piece out of a letter that Jetson Kappa, as a mature Lama, later sent to his teacher, Umapa, Lama Umapa. Okay? Bel Marmeze Yesheki Damba Chanjir Langi Rimbe Mengakti. Sometimes I think about these steps to the path which have come down to us through the glorious Marmeze, maker of lamps. Dipamkara, which is the monk's name of Lord Atisha, okay? Who invented that little Lamrim, okay? So sometimes I think about him, and I think about the Lamrim tradition that he has granted us. Rimbe Menga Kesunram, I'm sorry. Yeah. Rimbe Menga, Surab Gongjal Kitenjim Menga Tagdat La Lamgirimachik Tujene. And it strikes me, I grasp that Lord Atisha was able to put the entire subject matter of all the Buddhist scriptures into those three pages. I think about it sometimes, and it amazes me. Okay? That's how it looks to me. It looks like he has succeeded in three pages to capture the entire teachings of Buddhism, eight million pages. Okay? If you know how to study the Lamrim, and if you know how to teach it, okay, and then you practice it, then uh, you could talk about versions of the long rim that are longer, or versions of the long rim which are short, shorter. But in either case, sungrab tadaki kung jigne, they include the... I don't want to say guts, it's not very proper, right? They include the... Essence is a little too general. It means guts, but he wouldn't say that. Huh? Yeah, pith is good. Yeah. They include the pith of all the scriptures. Okay? As such, I have not found it necessary to use any other book in teaching my disciples. It seems enough to me. Okay? It seems enough. Okay? So that's Jetsu Kappa who ended up writing 10,000 pages of scripture. Very difficult scripture. But he said in the end, it seems to me that was enough. Okay. Dena drupta shendu kyamdo sok mundu chi chen shi dang mu shi sok chi ki nam dang ki tane so so ne yu kyang rangre kadam sarningi lugdir chi ki nam dang mambo mi gopar tamje lamgi rimki nangdu dune temba yin. 
there are other uh, traditions or lineages in Tibet, like uh, Nyingma and Kagyu and Sakyapa. Okay, these three main other lineages. And then there's the Galupa, which is the lineage of the Dalai Lama. So we are the Galupa. We belong to the Galupa. Each lineage is beautiful. Each lineage has its own flavor and attracts people of a different need, right? Uh, each lineage is really beautiful. But he says, in other Tibetan traditions, they, they make a big deal about what we call the, the, the four great preliminaries, like, they'll say, have you done your ngundo, right? Have you done your 100,000 mandala offerings, and have you done your 100,000 prostrations, etc. You know, and they make, they make a big deal about, there's a separate group of literature that's dedicated to that practice. Okay. Then there are other scriptures which treat, after you've done your ngundos, Maybe they take you four or five years. It's a tradition, for example, uh, at Shambhala. No, what do they call it? The place in Naropa. Okay? So the founders of Naropa were following uh, a lama who required them, and they still do it. If you go there and you become a student at the Dharma side of that institution, then, then they encourage you to, to spend the first few years on doing a hundred thousand prostrations and a hundred thousand mandala offerings, etc. Okay. And then later you get separate teachings on on your actual practice. Okay. Uh, then he says here in, in our uh, tradition, which is called Kadam Sar Ning. Say Kadam Sar Ning. Kadam Sar Ning. Kadam means Kadampa. Okay, the, the tradition that started a thousand years ago uh, in Tibet called Kadampa. Kadampa, we were talking about it in terms of everything appearing to you as personal advice, right? But it's also the name of the forefathers of our, personal, of our immediate tradition. Okay? Then the, the new Kadampas are, uh, sorry, the old Kadampas are, are from Lord Atisha up to Jatsankampa. Uh, Kappa begins the new Kadampas, and we are new Kadampas. Okay, so Kadam Sarning, he look there here in the meth- here in the tradition of the older and the newer Kadampas. Tiki Namdam Mambo you don't really need anything else. It's enough to get a, a good lamrim. If you got a hold of a good lamrim, it would be a complete teaching. You wouldn't need a lot of separate. Classes of literature. This is just one would have everything in it. Okay. Uh, of course, it's better if you go through the ACI courses, which are the tenipa. Tenipa means uh, uh, I don't know. Let me think. People who can spend the time to go deeper. Let's say that. Okay. If if you can go deeper, it's good, but you don't have to. Okay, you could do the Lamrim, and in theory it would be enough. It's good to do the Tsenipa path before you go through the Lamrim, because the Lamrim was drawn from the Tsenipa's path. Okay? The Lamrim is an abbreviation of the ACI 18 courses. Okay? It's better if you go through the 18 courses, and then you can, then you can appreciate the Lamrim. Lamrim is for people who don't have time to go through the 18 courses. Okay? I say you should do both because you're going to 
teach and you need a big toolbox. Okay. Somebody might need something that was in course six. Somebody might need something that's in here. And you should know both. Okay. This gets me in, there's a subject, I mean, that pops into my mind. People tell me, I don't feel like learning that, Geshla. You know, like, I appreciate that the ACI courses uh, are, are important, but I don't, it, they don't really interest me. I'm not real interested in them. I, they don't call to me. Or they, or they say, the Lam Rim doesn't call to me. I like the ACI courses. I, or I like the Tantric courses. I'm not really... You know, I'm not so interested in the ACI courses. They don't strike me as so interesting, Geshe I would propose a distinction between what's interesting to you and what will help other people. Okay? I will propose a distinction between what you find interesting or personally compelling or fun and what you have a responsibility to learn if you're going to serve others. Okay? Uh, so it may not be the sexiest thing to you or the most interesting thing to you, but it may save somebody else's life. Okay, you're not. <laughs> we had a rancher, the guy who allowed us to do the first three-year retreat. Right? He had a five-thousand-acre ranch. You know, actually, there were two partners, and one of them was a little crazy. Uh, I won't explain how, but they allowed us to be in a corner of the ranch for three years without even talking to us. I mean, and, uh, but the one guy used to accuse the other guy of, uh, he said, oh, uh, John, you know, when he puts his pants on, he thinks the whole world is dressed. <laughs> Meaning, you know, he can only think as far as his own interests. And he, he can't think of what might be interesting or necessary for other people. Okay, So, sometimes reflect... I don't feel like doing my six times book today. That's okay, that's true, you don't feel like doing it. Uh, but what would be most help to others? You see? What, you, you have a responsibility to do some things that are not fun, because they might save somebody else's life. You learn a skill that might save somebody else's life, even though it's not so interesting to you. You should, you have to. Okay? Then it becomes interesting. If you look at it that way, it all becomes interesting. Okay? All scripture, all teachings become interesting. In the context of something you might have to pull out on your next trip to Bulgaria to save somebody's life. Okay? So think of it that way. You have a responsibility to master all these things. Okay? It's, not, it's not a question of what, what's fun for you. You know, once you get into saving lives, it's not like, oh, this surgeon doesn't like to do kidneys. Okay, but what if somebody has a bad kidney? You know, you you have to learn. All right. Okay. Mm. Lam Lamdun Shopu Sumki Nangdu Sundrab Tam Jeki Jojashilki Dilne Denching. The three pages of Lord Atisha's original Lam Rim include all the teachings of the Buddha. Okay. Dini Shejatsawe Shundu Dini Shejatsawe Shundu Chepa Chepe Lamim Shen Tam Jeki Kyang Deshin Dune Tembayeno. 
this became the this became the source of all the other lamrims. Okay, the the three pages became the source from which all these other big lamrims have sprung. So they also contain within them all the teachings of the Buddha. If the three pages include everything, then the thousand pages probably do as well. Okay. Means, look, if the Lam Rim, how do we say it? If the Lam Rim contains within it the essence of all the teachings of the Buddha, right? Then every time you study it, or every time you go to a teaching on it, in essence, you are you are dam You are getting the benefit of teaching or learning all of the Buddhist scriptures every time you go to a Lamrim class. Okay, lapchen dupar. Lapchen means uh, my whole uh, study of scripture. You know, was under. Uh, Ken Rinpoche and other lamas. You know, I always lived with them in the same house, right? So I didn't have a dictionary. Uh, I didn't need one. I just went upstairs. I made an excuse to get into his room, like made him some tea, and then I parked there and asked him the question. Sometimes I got thrown out. Then I would save it for the trip to Washington. I drove him to Washington every m- month, once a month for. 15 years or something and uh, he couldn't go anywhere he was in the car for like 4 or 5 hours and I saved all my questions you know and then I would talk to him then he'd pretend to fall asleep <laughs> uh, but uh, I remember when I learned Lupchen Lupchen I think uh, I think we were in the Howard Johnson's at the Delaware Bridge which is where I asked a lot of questions and uh, and I said Rinpoche what's Lupchen mean? And he says, big wave. And I said, but I don't get it. It says here that it's very lapchen if you go to teachings on the Lam Rim. Then what's that got to do with a big wave? He says, well, it doesn't mean a big wave. The word says big wave. And I said, well, what's it mean? And he says, in Tibet, we cut our crops with a sickle. You know, like you have to lean down, grab three barley plants by the stem and and cut them with the sickle. It's hard. You're, you're, it's back-breaking work because you're bending over. You're doing Uttanasana all day. Okay? And uh, and then he said, now look outside. And there was a there was an international harvester, you know, like, I don't know, 20 yards wide with one guy driving it. And it was, it was cutting uh, thousands of corn plants every every few feet, you know. It was this huge machine. He said, that's a lapchen, compared to a sickle. Okay, that's like super efficient, or much more powerful, much more... How would you say that? What would you call lapchen? What's one of those machines compared to a sickle? Efficacious? Something like that. Anyway, gets the job done like a thousand times faster to sit in a long room teaching than going and trying to read the Kongyur. Okay? Alright. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Surab Gondadan Chepe Dun Tadala Tursam uh Tursam Lobnia Chepardo. If you study a good Lamrim teaching, you don't have to go read the Kangar and Tengir. You don't have to go read four and a half thousand texts in the Buddhist canon. It's all here. There's nothing in there that you won't find in here. That's pretty cool. Okay? So this is like the harvesting machine. This book is like the harvesting machine. Uh, we'll finish. We'll start, by the way, in about five minutes, and I'll give you guys a break. Shargom Sarchik Chekyang Surab Gondel Dan Chepe Dun Nyamsu Lama Do O. What's a Shargom? It's a kind of, it's one of the three kinds of meditation where you go through a series of thoughts over and over to burn it into your mind. Okay? Uh, so like, maybe it's the words to the cowboy song called Satisfied Mind, which might be played tomorrow. Then you're trying to get the words right. So in your meditation, of course you're not supposed to do that in your meditation, but you go through it verse by verse, over and over and over. And then finally, it starts to run in your mind by itself. Okay, that's a shargum. Okay? If you do that once with a short lamrim, okay, then uh, you have practiced all the... Not only have you learned all the teachings of the Buddha, you have practiced them. The practice is in your mind now. Okay? Just go over the Lamrim ideas. There's, a, there's like, a, I don't know, 15 steps to the Lamrim. Memorize them, and you know the, the structure of, of 84,000 collections of scripture from ancient India. Okay? And then you go, and you can go to Varanasi, and you can pull out the Sanskrit of some ancient Buddhist text, and it will apply somewhere to what's already in your head. You don't need... You don't need to go read all the Kangya and Tengya, okay? You don't need it. Although it's good. Alright. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a Geshe. The word Geshe started like a thousand years ago. It didn't used to be a degree or a title. It used to just mean uh, a spiritual teacher. It means a Kalyana Mitra. Right, like Dharma Mitra. Mitra means friend, and Kalyana means like a spiritual friend. So it was a. It wasn't a title. It was a description, like spiritual teacher. Okay, so there, Kadampa Geshe is very common. There were a lot of Geshe's among the Kadampas, spiritual teachers. There was one named Tulung Bachembo. He came from a place called Tulung. Ne Chanju Langi Rambadi Shepa. Shepe Tuna, Zambaling Dina Yebe Poti, Tang Lake Bang Tamje, Kitopala, Ben Gen Ban Gen Sewo Di, Matsu, Ning Tamje, Tungitu, Nyamne, Dargur Re Yepayeno, Ben Gen Sewo Di, Matsu, Ning Tamje, Tungitu, Nyamne, Dargur Re Yepayeno, this is kind of funny, okay? This is typical. Then we'll stop. Then we'll take a break. Mm. I sometimes pull out the Lamrim, and I teach it to my students, okay? When I teach it to the, my students, uh, all of the... 
volumes uh, of scripture here on this planet begin to shake in their boots. <laughs> Why? They think to themselves, this old man is ripping our hearts out. Right there. Got it? He's like, he's like wasting us. He's like ruining all the fun. All the punchlines he's giving away in a few hours. Got it? Okay? They're like kind of upset at him. Like he spilled all the beans by teaching the Lamrim for a few minutes. Uh, and they're all like kind of irritated with him. Because all their secrets are bared to his disciples within a, a few hours. Got it? Okay. Mm. Okay, so we'll take a break there. Okay. Okay, we'll start. Dunlang detar yente chanju larnim di shinin lepar songna zambolin ki poti tamche ki ningbo tamche and that's just the way it really is. What? What was the last thing about the old man? The books were shaking in their boots because he was going to rip their hearts out. Got it? And then Pabon Krimache says, he wasn't exaggerating. That's the way it really is. Chanju songna. If you are able to teach, study or, or teach this Lamrim well, uh, you have explained the heart of all of the scriptures that exist on this planet. So he, he repeats the word heart, right? Which was going to be torn out. So learn these two words, okay? Say sur. Tsur par. Tsur par. You know the word tsur because you, we've used it in the word surtong. Surtong. What's a surtong? Surtong means uh, somebody. What you know in military the word incoming. The shells are coming in, right? Uh, artillery fire is coming in. They call it incoming, and everybody jumps on the ground. Okay. Uh, sur means incoming. So uh, if you have a pen, tong means to see, right? Sur tong means you believe the pen is coming from the pen. You see the pen as incoming rather than outgoing. Okay, You believe the pen is in the pen. Right? That's called sur tong. And it's, and it's a synonym for a person who doesn't understand emptiness. It's an old word for someone who doesn't understand emptiness. All right, then par par is the opposite. Par like paral to chimba, prajna param param itta param itta not paramita. Okay, param itta param means to the far side. Itta means gone. Okay, the M is accusative, or locative. Okay, going to the para. Okay. Anyway, if you consider the relationship of the Lamrim teachings to the extraordinary massive body of available Buddhist teachings, okay, we're lucky. 
I, I grew up as a Christian, you know. We have the New Testament. We have the three synoptic Gospels. Uh, was it Mark, Matthew, and Luke, right? And then uh, they pretty much repeat each other. Pretty, pretty much, okay? And that's all we have. It's like 50 pages. Of, of, and they repeat each other, so you can call it 16 pages. And then if you put Jesus' words in red, it's only about four pages. You see what I mean? And, and that was enough for uh, religion to change the whole world, right? Uh, you know, the Western world. So uh, consider Buddhism, which has eight million pages. Okay, and they're all they're all as meaningful as the as the five pages of Jesus's words. You see what I mean? They're all they're all beautiful. They're all really beautiful. So it's like uh, I don't know. It's very comforting to have them, and it's very fun to surf them. You know, I don't surf the internet. I surf the eight million pages all day for twenty five years, and it's oh, it's so. You can't imagine. It's like an acid trip or something. Okay. Uh, constant acid trip. So going this way, all of the scriptures in the world can be found in the Lamrim. Going that way, par. Going, going from the Lamrim to, to that huge body of literature, the Lamrim is a key that allows you to open all those great teachings. If you know the Lamrim... I was teaching, uh, I'm helping a Chinese person translate Tibetan, to learn to translate Tibetan. We have this kind of uh, beautiful goal in mind that they could start translating scriptures into Chinese directly from the Tibetan, rather than going through the English, because uh, it would be more powerful, I think. And then I was saying... Um, It's like a key, you see? Like someone gives you a, a key. Going, going out, uh, you can see where everything fits. Uh, if, you, if you learn the Lam Rim, right? Then you can crack everything else. You can take, if you master the Lam Rim, and then you're faced with a new page of Tibetan to translate, right? Which is frightening when you first begin. Right? It's like a cliff. You're like you're a rock climber and it's a big cliff with a negative... What do you call it? I did that once. It was terrible. Uh, never again. But uh, it's like that. You, you, you come up against your first page of Tibetan scripture and they said, they were like, whoa, whoa, what do I do, Geshe I said, think of what it's supposed to mean. And then fit the words to it. And that's a big translator's trick, okay? The Buddhist scriptures are not going to say anything weird. They're going to say, be nice to everybody and save the world, you know? So figure out how those words say that. You know? <laughs> okay? If you know the Lam Rim, you can, you can, what do you call it? You can tackle any ancient scripture and know what it's supposed to say. And then you can figure out the Tibetan later. Okay? I mean, you can figure out how the Tibetan says what you know it's supposed to say. All right? It's very interesting. Okay? The first trick to translating Buddhist scripture is to know what it's supposed to say. And then figure out how the words say that. 
And you can do that if you know the Lamri. Then any scripture you you come up against, you know what it's supposed to say. Okay. Uh, so there's really no uh, secret weapon uh, greater than the Lamrim. I don't know what this means. I'll have to check. Okay, I'm sorry. Something about a yak or something. I don't know. Something like I'm riding on a yak. I'm going to tell you tomorrow. Okay, forget it. Line two, okay, page fifty, front side. Lo membatsu larmim kishun gepar mishekyang miko ke kangdam sangma marti tabu nidu shikla latene kyang lam dun lam dun nushing. Lo membatsu, if you are a person who doesn't have great intellectual capacity, larmim kishun gepar mishekyang. And even if you've decided you probably can't learn a thousand-page Lamrim, which doesn't apply to anybody here, if you just sit in the chair for ten years, you, you will get it. Shungdir, Mashekyang, Mikorki Kangchang Changna, then you can go study a shorter Lamrim. You can go study one of the five-page Lamrims or the ten-page Lamrims, as long as all the topics are there, okay? As long as all the topics are complete, that's enough. Lam drun nu, you will be able to complete your spiritual journey along the path. Okay, no problem. Mikor kang. I don't think this is advice for any one of us. Okay, that's kind of like advice for yak herders in Tibet and stuff like. Okay, I don't think. Frankly, a a person who's gone through high school in America already has more education than most Tibetans ever got. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about it. You, you can easily master all the, all the scriptures of Buddhism. It's not a big deal for you. You are already more highly educated than, than almost anyone who's ever lived on this planet in the past. Okay? The education you've gotten is, is higher and more thorough than has ever been given in history. Okay, so you're not you 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 don't qualify among the people here it's being mentioned here. Mikor kanyan ruachik matsangna drumi nepani. But if any particular topic of the Lamrim is missing in your study, you will you may not be able to complete the your journey. Okay, we talked about it relative to a car engine, right? Uh, the topics of the Lam Rim are similar to the essential parts in an automobile engine. And you can't just go throwing this one or that one out. It won't work. It won't start. From the outside, it will look like an engine, but it won't start. And it won't get you anywhere. You won't be able to go anywhere. That applies to a lot of what you hear in the world. Okay, Spiritual traditions or pieces of spiritual traditions that have made it to the New Age Center uh, will not be enough to get you there. Okay? If, 
pieces are not going to make it. You need a complete engine. It's possible that there are states of realization which are necessary for any human being to become spiritually evolved, such as compassion, such as keeping an ethical way of life, you see, such as understanding that there is suffering in the world, stuff like that. There are certain ideas that if they are not complete, you can't get there. You won't get there. You will die first. Okay? Mm, it's, I'm not saying, you know, this is the only path. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm suggesting that spiritual evolution is similar to a car engine. And there are certain ideas that you must be able to have or you won't make it in this life. Okay? So you need a list of those ideas and you need someone to tell you which ideas those are. Because if one of them is incomplete, you won't make it. Okay. So he's making a reference to Tibetan Ayurvedic medicine, okay? Uh, which I was lucky. I learned, I, I translated for His Holiness's doctor for a while in 1981. Okay, so, for example, Tsawe Men, there are kinds of medicine that you use for fevers. Uh, they are called Kabur Nyanga is a famous one, okay? It's called camphor number 25. This is an Ayurvedic, Tibetan Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, it consists of 25 different herbs mixed into a single medicine, all right? He says, uh, you could uh, go out and look for those 25 herbs, right? And... Uh, eat them one by one. You know, you could go out and look for a lavender plant and eat a leaf off of that, and then you could go look for an olive plant and take a leaf. You could wander around the city of Phoenix and, and see if you could bump into those 25 plants, okay? Or uh, you could just uh, take a pill that someone had gone out and harvested the 25 plants, which they do in the medical schools in Tibet, okay? They are harvesting months, and all the medical students, there's a Chakpuri, is the famous medical school in Lhasa, used to be, until it was destroyed. It's called Iron Hill, and uh, it's in Lhasa. There's a little hill, and there was a medical college there. And then all the students in the summer, they would go collect herbs at the, in, the, in the high meadows of the Himalayas, right? So, they have done the work for you. They go out, they spend a month camping. I hear it's fun. And more things happen than herb collecting, and uh, and then they they come back with the, all the plants and they dry them in the sun, and then they compound them. Right? They they smash them in a mortar and pestle and they compound them. Uh, so you don't have to go out yourself to the meadows and try to find the twenty five different plants. Uh, all of the herbs are complete in a single pill of Kabur Nyanga, okay, the 25 herbs. Tun Chungo Shiki Tsang 
nasal, then you take it. You just take a small dose, and you're cured of the fever. Okay? What's he comparing that to? The topics of the long rim. They're all complete. You don't have to go wandering around, find some guy who knows emptiness, and then find some other guy who understands uh, shamatha, and then find some other guy who can teach you about compassion. They're all, it's all here. It's a, it's a ready-made pill. Okay. Uh, but if you couldn't get a pill, and you had to wander around Phoenix looking for the 25 plants, and you couldn't find three of them, the 22 would have no effect on your fever. They wouldn't heal the fever. Okay, got it? So if you have a tiny lamrim, three pages, seven pages, ten pages, if all the topics are complete and you take that pill, you can make your journey. You can complete your spiritual journey. If you go wandering around all the New Age centers in America and learn valuable and beautiful things uh, one by one from different people, you may end up missing something. And then it won't work. Okay? So now that you are, have made contact with this particular teaching, uh, you should focus on it, okay? Focus on the pill that has the 25, rather than uh, hunting around and finding 16 of them, okay? That was all the first feature of the Lamrim, which was that it included all the subject matter of all the Buddhist teachings, okay? We're on to the second feature, which is different from the second greatness. We finished the four greatnesses, we're on to the three features. We finished the first feature, which was that these teachings include all the Buddhist teachings, okay? Uh, here's uh, feature number two. By the way, the whole point of listing the greatnesses and listing the features is that in the Buddhist tradition, you don't undertake something unless you mean to finish it. Like, you don't start Spanish and, and ever do anything less than become fluent. If it, you don't start something unless you intend to do it well, to the end. You see what I mean? There, and bef therefore, it's a tradition in Tibet that before you start something, you think very carefully. Like, do I really want that? Should I try to learn the pedal steel guitar? Like, I'm still wavering, okay? I bought it, but now that I know how much time it's going to take, I'm like, i got to think about it. Then you have to weigh the benefits, you know? Is it worth it? Is it worth that much time, you know? Is the one song I can do on it worth the three months I have to put into it, you know? And then you, you make a judgment call, right? So what he's doing is he's trying to convince you that it's worth the time to learn the long rim. It's going to take some time. I'm saying it's going to take 10 years to learn it well. And I'm not teaching it less than that. Okay, So it's good. It's a 10-year commitment. And, and is it worth it? Okay. Is this text going to be worth your time? He's trying to answer that question. Okay. 
All of us here in this room are the victim of the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, okay? Like we're all we're all having some challenges in our life. People, some people are having health challenges. Some people are having family challenges. Some people are having happiness challenges, depression challenges, you know. Some people are having uh, husband and wife challenges, you know. We're all having different challenges. But everybody in this room is, is a victim of a certain number of challenges, and you're struggling with them, even as we speak, right? then we would like to reach a point where we don't have those particular problems, right? Like, one by one. I like to take on the problems one by one. You know, I've learned that in my hundred years on the planet, you know? Like, don't try to solve everything at one time. Like, pick, pick the thing that is most bothering you right now. Usually the things that are bothering you emotionally are also harming your health. Okay? You can trace your health problems back to some emotional issue going on. Usually. So, okay, then I have an emotional issue. I have, I have a problem with some person. Okay? I have a... Some person doesn't respect me the way I would like. Okay? Like they... Or you choose. Whatever yours is. Okay? So, okay, someone doesn't... Someone upsets me because I, they, don't, they don't treat me the way I would like to be treated. And then you have to do the Starbucks exercise, okay? You must do the Starbucks exercise with that single thing. Don't try to do ten. Don't try to learn three languages at the same time. You know, just, just say, okay, so what's, what do I have to do? Find someone who has a similar problem, right? Their, their son doesn't respect them, or their mother doesn't respect them. And take them out to Starbucks and say, let's talk about it. And just listen, okay? You don't have to solve their problems. You probably can't. You know, listen. And give them moral support. And then the listening creates seeds. And when those seeds open, the person who's disrespecting you will suddenly change, Okay? To speak to them doesn't work, because it doesn't work all the time. To stay silent doesn't work either, because it doesn't work all the time. Stop making that kind of decision. Should I speak to them, or should I not speak to them? Wrong question. Wrong question. It's a bad decision. Just plant a seed. That, that, com- that string of sentences is the same all the time. Should I do this, or should I do that? Bad question. Just plant a seed. Okay, that's all. Should I invest in the stock market, or should I invest in property? Bad question. Help someone else make some money, then you can invest in either one, it will work. Okay. Should I buy Lancome, or should I buy Estee Lauder? You know, which lipstick will work? Bad question, you know? Uh, Plant some seeds, right, by helping someone else. 
with their appearance in some way. It's actually the root of beauty is is uh, patience. Help someone else be more patient. Take them to Starbucks. Talk about the merits of patience. Help them get over their anger, right? And then you're you're then go by, then go to Sephora, walk in, close your eyes, take the first lipstick that that your hand reaches, and hope it's not somebody's nose. Okay, like just take the first one your hand touches, you know, and then use it because it doesn't matter. Anything you use will work. Okay, everybody will say you're so beautiful. Okay, Be- because you planted the seed first. Don't plant the seed. Go to Sephora, spend hours, find that rare balance between reasonable price and good appearance, uh, and then wear it. And maybe it will work, and maybe it won't. Okay? And you know that. You already know that. Okay? Plant the seed, and go pick whatever the hell color you want, and it will work. And you save so much time. Do you, under, do you, do you get a sense of the decision-making time saved, right? There's zero decision-making time. Go in, pick out the first one that strikes your eye, and buy it and leave. You'll save a lot of money also. Okay, so, uh, why did I talk about that? Mm. Oh yeah, we would all like to escape from whatever challenge we have right now. So just do the star bucket, okay? One by one, pick one challenge and star bucket, okay? Topasok, uh, But the, his point here is that the solution for whatever problem ails you personally, whatever challenge you have in your life right now, depends on your mind. Same ni means the guy who's going to make it or break it is your mind. Okay? It's nothing else. You know, your mind is going to make it or break it. On any challenge in your life right now, your own mind is paramount. Okay? In the, in the, in the task of controlling the mind, there's nothing better than the lamrim. Okay? So, you know, our task in life boils down to controlling the mind. Okay? It doesn't mean you want a biscotti and you're controlling yourself. It doesn't mean that. It means your husband yells at you, or you want the boy to like you, right? You're dying to have the boy like you. And then the mind, the mind wants to go to which color of lipstick. The mind seeks an easy solution. You know, if I could, is it the pink or is it the orange? You see, the mind, the mind de- derails you. The mind distracts you. You you worry about which color of lipstick. You know, the mind, your own mind, needs to be uh, tamed like a wild horse. The word here is dulwa, tamed like a wild horse. The mind would like to have to make a decision. The mind would like to to go to Sephora and struggle between pink and orange. You see? And you have to dulwa it. Dulwa means bridle it, break it. Let it bronco, right? Let it try to 
throw you off and you break that goddamn sucker, you know, and you say, we're planting a seed, okay? We're not worrying about orange or pink right now. We're just going to plant a seed. We'll take care of somebody who has an issue with anger. We'll take them to Starbucks. It will plant a seed. Then we'll go to Sephora and we'll just pick out whichever one's cheapest. And it will work. See? But that takes self-control. That's what I mean by control the mind. I'm not talking about, oh, I want... I was in a, a coffee shop today. I did your homework three. You know, it was like five hours. And um, I, I looked at the biscottis. I took a banana. I had a banana. And then uh, I was looking at all the biscottis and stuff, one by one, you know. And this lady kept saying, do you want the banana, sir? You know, and I'm like, I'm like, what? She says, do you want the banana? She's at the cash register. She's ready to ring me up a $3.78 banana. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at all of them one by one. And it, you know, and finally I bought the banana. I was so proud of myself. And I ate it, too. Uh, but I, what I mean is, it's not that kind of self-control. Self-control means uh, you have a problem. The mind is begging to choose between two options and tell him to go stuff it. Okay? Because they're both wrong. No, we're not going to do that. And we're not going to do the opposite either. We're just going to go to Starbucks. Because there's... No. Uh, we're going to go to Starbucks and help somebody else. And then the other thing will work out by itself. You don't have to worry. You don't have to make... In this system, you can... There's no more stress of trying to decide what to do about somebody who's hurting you, or something that's bothering you. Those, those are old-fashioned, they're pre-internet thoughts, you know? Like, you don't need them anymore. Just plan a thing, and then relax. And, and, and then the solution will come of itself, by itself. Like so many things in your life, like the person you met, you know, whoever your love flame is right now, did you plan to meet them? I mean, did you say, I'm going to go on a ski trip, and you'll be on the third car, and I'll get into the third car, and we'll meet there, you know? It, it just happens. You, you run into people, right? And uh, you don't plan these things. They happen to you, right? And... You just plant the seeds and relax. And, and something good will come. What you want will come. And you don't have to try to arrange it, you see. It's foolish. You can't. You can't say, I'm going to get on the third car of the snow lift and ski lift and I'll run into somebody. Try. It'd be some fat guy. Uh, I know. I used to ride on the bus a lot. Okay. Uh, I'm watching. So there's nothing better than these teachings to control the mind in the sense of stopping the mind from trying to make decisions. Okay? Which don't work. Both, both choices don't work. Uh, the whole point of this teaching, the whole point of the Lam Rim, 
is to control the mind in that sense, is to learn to control the wild mind in that sense. Nyamlen du kyer dewe, de lak du lang dewayin. Since you're dealing with the mind and you're wrestling with the mind with the lam rim, it's, it makes life easier. Okay? Solve the boyfriend problems in Starbucks and don't solve them at Sephora. And, and they'll be solved forever. And, and you'll have what you want. You'll have everything you want. Okay? It's weird to think that you could have everything you want. It's sort of unsettling for someone to get up there and claim you could Starbuck whatever you want into existence. But, it, but I, should, I should say it's quite pleasant. Okay? It's fun for your life to be a miracle and everything to happen like a miracle. It's, it's really the way it should be. It, it's like the perfect wave or something. I don't know. It's just like that. Okay? You can do it. It's a method. And you can learn to do it at Starbucks. And then, and then all the things you want, without all the trouble and with all the, without all the stress, you can, no anxiety, you just plant a seed and relax. And what you want will come. Okay? Up to fixing Iraq and, you know, big things. Okay? All right. Long day. So it's easy. It's just easy. You don't have to go out and you know, run around Phoenix. You sit in your house, think about the lamb and plant a seed. Relax. Stuff will come. What you want will come. Everything. Everything you dream for will come. Better. Better than you can imagine. It's so nice. It's so superior to other products. Okay. Uh, all right. Keche Sumani. Ludup. Okay, this is... Feature number three was... Uh, that we had two holy beings, and then there were two great lineages coming down from them, right? Through two high lamas. So wh- who are the two holy beings? The first one is Ludup. Who's Ludup? Nagarjuna. Okay, Nagarjuna. He lived in the third century. He lived uh, 18 centuries ago. And... Um, he specialized in emptiness, okay? He taught emptiness. He taught about seeds and emptiness, all right? Luduki Lukla Kepe Lama Rigpe Kuchuk. So there was a Lama named Vidya Kokila, who you can call Rigpe Kuchuk. Up there you probably say Rigpe Kuchuk, right? Rigpa uh, means uh, knowledge. Kuchuk is like parrot or something. Anyway, his name was Vidya Kokila. But he was the teacher of emptiness immediately prior to Lord Atisha. So you can consider him to be the conduit through which Nagarjuna's knowledge reached Lord Atisha. So his name is not very well known. I don't know if there's any books by him that survive. But he was the one through whom Lord Atisha learned emptiness. Okay? From in the lineage of Nagarjuna. Okay? Togmeki uh, look, and then there was the lineage of Asanga, which came down through the Lama Serlingba, right? Which is the Lama in Sumatra, Indonesia, who taught Lord Atisha about Bodhicitta. Okay? So those two high beings are whom? 
Nagarjuna on the empty side, and uh, who on the compassion side? Asanga, no? Asanga, right? And then the ones who pumped it into Lord Adisha were Vidya Kokila and uh, Suvarna Dvipa Guru, the, the, the guru from the Golden Isle, the Lama from the Golden Island, which is in Indonesia where he went to learn about compassion. Right? We, we talked about that. Kimengaki gene tembe luk shen to papa yin. This system is superior to all other systems because uh, it is uh, bejeweled with the teachings of those masters. Okay. The, the bottom line is you got the teachings on uh, seeds and you got the teachings on compassion. One implies the other. Okay? One always implies the other. Once you understand emptiness, you are truly capable of compassion. Okay? Understand emptiness, and you are capable of a vision, of a practical vision for saving the whole planet. You see? If you understand emptiness, that vision is yours. If you don't, you're just making it up. Okay? What do I mean? It's that thing, you ask yourself a question. Uh, what would happen if everybody in the world believed that the only way to get their lipstick to work was to take someone else to Starbucks and help them solve their anger problems? You know, what would happen if every person in the world who wanted to look beautiful thought they had to help someone else with their anger issues? And then you have a vision of an entire planet of people, there will be Starbucks instead of every mile, there will be a Starbucks like on every couple feet, I guess. You know, because there will have to be places for people to meet. Everyone would be dying to counsel everyone who needed it all the time. And that would be a perfect world. If you understand seeds and how to plant them at Starbucks, then you, then you have a, then you are eligible to have a practical vision of how the world could be changed. The, the rest is all like nice words, you know. Oh, uh, I pray for all living beings. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, how? Well, how's it going to happen? I don't know. I pray for all living beings. You know. I think if you understand the seeds, then the vision is is made available to you. You see, if you understand the pen, then you can have compassion. Because then you can have the compassion that wants to save the entire planet. And it's practical. It's doable. It's something you can do. Okay? If you understand the seeds, compassion becomes something that you can do. And those are the two great teachings of Nagarjuna and the Sangha. Okay? That sums it up. If you understand the seeds that Nagarjuna taught about, then you are eligible to have the kind of love that Asanga was talking about. And not otherwise. If you can't understand where things are coming from, you can't really claim to have love for the whole world. It's just a pipe dream. You can blah, 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 but it's not practical. You'll never be able to do it. 
there's not you're talking about it, but you're not capable of doing anything. Once you understand where the world's coming from, then compassion means something. Because you as a single person could do it. You could change the you could change the whole world. If you got everybody convinced that the only way to make money was to help people make money, or the only way to be healthy was to help the sick, or the only way to find a nice boy would be to go to a nursing home and help an older person. Okay? Then, then, then saving the world is, 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 is self-evident. It, you, it, it, it must go that way. It will go that way. Everyone will be standing outside of Mrs. Hancock's trying to get into her house to do something for her. But I got her sewed up, man. <laughs> With a little help from my friends. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay, let's, uh, we'll stop there tonight. Tahia, are you into that thing? Can you do that? Purgi Jushi Metodam Riravishi Nindayambani Sange Shindu Mingde Uwagi Thanks for coming and thanks for listening so well. Okay, thank you.